Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's happening, guys? This is the Litmus Podcast with me, Swazi McKelly, and my partner in crime, the real Ben Hurst, isn't here today. But today is all about an exclusive interview with the one and only Dotton Adebayo to talk about saving his show, Dotton on Sunday. And also, the theme is standing up for yourself. There's too many gems. Make sure you lock in. This is the Litmus Podcast with me, Swazi McCaddy, and the one and only, the legend in the game, the one when I think of black British culture, I think of his name, is Dotton Addy Bio. <laughs> what an introduction. I know, what you have an, to have one. I'm like David Ginola, I am worth it. <laughs> what? I'm worth it. <laughs> what? I'm worth it. You're worth you see, it. your generation don't know David Ginola. I don't know bad jokes, well, that's what I don't no, know. No, it's a good one, actually, because he was worth it, according to L'Oreal. <laughs> He had great hair. Because I'm and, worth it. Yeah, of course, exactly. <laughs> yeah. he is, so I am worth it. He did it in French, so oh, it okay. wasn't quite worth it. Is that the, the French accent that you got going on there? Yeah, it was actually. Um, oh. Je parle français comme toi. Did you learn that at university? Yeah, I did actually. Mais tu parles un peu français aussi, oui? Oui, un peu. Oui, comme les... Euh, les les, les Matiniques. Les Matiniques. Euh, non, c'est pas les Matiniques. Je parle en français, mais un peu. Un peu, un oui. Un peu, oui. Je sais, je sais. I know, I know. He's absolutely... <laughs> he's kicked it off, he's kicked it off. This is the Limous Podcast and I'm very, very excited and very proud to have Dotton in the house. Um, and I think we've been in touch now maybe two years? Indeed, yeah. Just is a it, little bit over just, that maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Dotton was very kind to ask me to come onto your show mm-hmm. um, and talk about volunteering for Grenfell. That's where we first touched base. And so we were in um, Notting Hill Methodist Church and that was the first time we had like rice and peas and plantain and talking yes, about carnival yes. and Grenfell all at the same time. Um, Do you know that food was because of me? They wouldn't have had that. Of course it was because of you. Of course. <laughs> yeah. They were thinking of supplying us with hot dogs and chips. Really? And I said, For the no, guests that you had? I don't think so. I don't exactly. think that's going to run. I don't think so. Yeah. Did, did you see that half of the guests took half the food home of them? Well, you have yeah, to. You can't let that food bags. go to waste. No, yeah, of course. It was nice. Actually. Yeah. It was, nice, it, it was. It was very sad nice. Sad occasion, obviously. Yeah, very uh, sad occasion. Yeah. Talking about Grenfell, um, coming up to two years now and so that conversation was around carnival and then um, you've been kind enough to let me come on to your up all night conversations as well kind enough Generation Gap where I school him every third Sunday of the month <laughs> not sure about isn't that. that isn't that I'm true I'm not sure about that I come up that. with the best lines the if, outtakes if I had your youth and you had my wisdom <laughs> oh, there we go there what we a go. wonderful world it would be <laughs> well you've got youth man you've got youth you've got Instagram <laughs> it's alright and that you're is in youth there. with an F isn't it double F yeah double right. F so she got an A in English A level 
She got an A in English A level. She spells youth with an F, yeah? Two Fs, actually. Two Fs. <laughs> well, at least one F. <laughs> one F was bad enough. <laughs> so we've got Dotton in the house. He's a legend in the game. And so I have to bring you on because I want to be talking to you about standing up for yourself. That is the main theme of today. And so, um, Dotton, you are a presenter over at the BBC. You are on um, Dotton on Sunday over at the BBC Radio London. Um, he's been up all night for several nights. How long have you been in that show? Gosh, I've been doing that show for 18 years now and 18 I'm feeling years. it yeah 18 years up yeah. all night yeah oh my so you were in uh, I was going to say short trousers <laughs> but yeah. probably, I might have been in a baby grow during the time that's what I was thinking of <laughs> I would have been keeping my parents up all night but not for your reasons that like you're on radio not at all um, you're the founder of the publishing company Express um, he's spoken to, to Idris Elba of course uh, spoken to Idris, Idris Elba? Elba paid me a lot of money by the way I'm very grateful to you Idris <laughs> what does he smell like because I remember you telling he me a smells, story well this is what the ladies said oh I, right I don't go around smelling men but <laughs> the ladies in the house said he smelt um, fragrant I think that's right. what they use okay very Are you fragrant jealous? I always smell fragrance, Swaz. <laughs> well, I don't know if you smell like Idris Elba, though. Yeah, well, I mean, that is like the pinnacle of, of, of maybe just that fragrance. That is like saying to one fish, you don't quite smell like the other fish. <laughs> no, but if you smell like Idris Elba, I think you But you're... if you smell fishy, that's well, good enough, yeah, isn't it? You yeah, know, it might be. Yeah. Um, and you are my favourite radio presenter. I think you've taught me the most if I think about really? my radio journey. No. And, well, I haven't been in radio long. And take this as a compliment, honestly, as a compliment. I do find it quite amazing to be on radio at the same time as you not not time relatively like real time but to say that I've been on radio in the same year or years that you have been you're a legend you know so <laughs> to share years with you like broadcasting is actually quite a thing and I know lots of my friends will always be tuning in and so um, coming up to standing up for yourself I think uh, it came as quite a shock when that tweet from the BBC came out um, and you know what for the context of the show let me read it so BBC Radio London tweeted this they've been there have been reports BBC Radio London Sunday evening show looking at issues in London's black community is ending that is incorrect Don Adebayo is stepping down as a presenter but the programme is continuing and then Don's response came out and said this just to clarify this statement is incorrect at no time have I stepped down from my role presenting the BBC's only black political debate programme it was axed so of course on top of support and on top of outrage people flocked to the conversation um, there were many reports you know the new, the voice newspaper to um, online platforms everywhere because you are so loved when we talk about radio and especially when we talk about the black British culture. Um, and so a petition just boomed and loads of people signed. You got thousands of signatures and then of course the BBC had to reverse the decision and here you are still loud and very, very clear on BBC Radio London. Um, and so we just want to say everyone who's listening, just my friends and people who, who listen to your show, um, thank you. Thank you for the many years of broadcasting of many conversations of all of the narratives that you have had and also changed along the way um, and you'll be pleased to know this you know how I found out I didn't even find out that tweet on Twitter it was my mum who's not even on Twitter she dropped it into the family chat and she was like Swaz is this your Dotton and I was like listen there's only one Dotton when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to radio so yeah I just want to say thank you I love you dearly and um, I love you too you know that and <laughs> uh, I'm humbled actually because um, I wasn't expecting in the response uh, from both the community and we've got to say politicians as well because yes. David Lammy started um, 
a or he wrote a letter which he got 30 other MPs to sign yeah. which he then sent to the Director General of the BBC mm-hmm. Lord Tony Hall I think a combination of that grassroots support and the leadership if you like if you want to call it that way together um reversed although the BBC would say it's been a misunderstanding mm-hmm. but got them to think again about their decision to uh, not have me continue presenting the programme that I presented for 20 years. Yeah. And I'm saying that as politely and diplomatically as I can. Yeah. But why would you not expect the support? I mean, I did an exhibition last year to celebrate Black History Month and me and about 20 young people, we just bombarded you on your show. And I just thought, well, if there's one place I need to go, not just for the listenership, but just for the support and the, the coverage and the good conversation, then of course I'm going to your show on a Sunday evening. And you doing that show for 20 years... Why would you... Is that humility? Or I don't know, because of course people are going to come out and feel... feel um, what, what, you feel stolen from. You feel like you can't take our dot and away. What do you mean? That's that's years worth of just listening to your voice. So were you honestly surprised when people came I was, out? Of course, yeah. Because when you're on, on radio, you don't. There is a disconnect between you and your listeners. You don't get an immediate sense. Okay, you get people calling up. You get people texting or emailing. Every now and then, you get people recognizing your voice mm. when you're sitting with your family having a Sunday uh, dinner at. A restaurant or you know, more likely a couple of sandwiches in a hamburger uh, <laughs> restaurant <laughs> but anyway uh, that's one side no y- y- you do get that but you don't get a real sense it's not like when you're on TV that people recognise you everywhere mm. and that you're because they recognise your face you become more part of the family mm. when it's your voice um, it's a different kind of connection I think and obviously the content of your programme you mentioned when you st- stormed my studios with about 20 other creatives um, actually you looked at it like you were storming our studio whereas I look at it as what a great story let's bring all these people in you know yeah. and what we're about on radio is trying to make great creative content that keeps people listening you don't need my face in there you need my voice to pull it all together but you don't need my face there somewhat distracting Mm. not because I'm not a handsome dude but because um, you know face gives you another level of engagement and it slightly distracts from the content you know so you don't always know I I mean my missus every now and then she'll say to me yeah you think I'm not listening don't you because you know you're talking like that about me on air (laughs) oh my goodness she listens so you know you you don't have the immediate connection Mm. and you don't always know that you're loved beloved yeah you you never know that you're beloved like that because you shouldn't have to go through what I went through you shouldn't have to go through that Um, I went through I would say two weeks of hell Mm. because I never asked to be the news and it's an uncomfortable position to be in to be the news when all you want to do is present the news that's what my job is to present the news not to be the news when you are the news oh it's a totally different experience it's not one that I'm very comfortable with yeah and and for us sitting back and looking at it just from the timeline perspective and just thinking what on earth is going on here because the story just kind of unraveled that um it the show had been at there wasn't a replacement or there wasn't a substitute show um and it wasn't quite clear and i think people within the community are just like oh here we go again there's another cycle of this so when you say um 
you know, you you didn't expect the people to have the support. That's one thing. But also, did that take you by shock? Had you had a conversation beforehand or... um, your response I think a lot of people cheered a lot of people cheered for for many reasons and for me it was like wow you know in our in our generation and we call it a clapback so (laughs) (laughs) if you if you you hear shade and and someone throws shade your way and you clap back real quick it's almost like yes I got there in so um, you know a lot of us are like raw look at the clapback look how we just but it was polite it wasn't rude it was it was diplomatic and you did it in such a way that no one could point any fingers but were you surprised or, you know, from the, from looking on, it just looked like, oh, you know, one of us have been have been mistreated. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of us carry that burden because a lot of us feel like that sometimes at work. I, I felt very down at the time. It's funny when you when you think too deeply about these things, you don't respond in the right way. I wrote a response to what somebody had sent me and said look you know the BBC is saying this and they said and I wrote that response within about 30 seconds I didn't think about it I wrote the response and I wrote it in a measured way partly because I've been at the BBC for 45 years not all the way through that time I started the BBC when I was 12 years old because I loved radio and I wanted to be on radio and I got the opportunity to come in and help out at weekends and my holidays that's what I did Um, I am a supporter of the BBC the BBC is a corporation which I've had many occasions to realise how important it is for us all as a nation so on the one hand you don't want to criticise the BBC and the unfortunate thing is when you're a huge corporation like that any any criticism is quite sensitive because yeah. people can use that to dismiss or to um, diss the whole corporation. Remember, there are thousands, thousands of, of other people, people yeah. who are dependent for their jobs and their livelihoods on the BBC, not to talk of the millions of people who are so dependent on the quality of broadcasting of the BBC. Mm-hmm. The other night, I was on air, and it was a phone-in, a politics phone-in, and somebody called up and he said, yeah, you BBC lot, you're all anti-Trump. And I'm like, okay, show me the evidence of that. You're never balanced, blah, blah. And I said, yes, show me the evidence of that. So I don't need to show you the evidence. You know, you can, you know, and I'm saying, just look, if you're criticising, show me the evidence. I'm allowing you to come on the programme now. It's not allowing, you know, you call up the phone yeah. line, but I could always say, look, let's move on the conversation because you're actually not talking about the subject we were talking about, yeah. which is American. American politics generally <clears throat> wasn't about Donald Trump and um, although you can't escape that I get that nowadays with uh, American politics but the point I was trying to make was you know you've taken up an issue about the BBC mm. whereas we were talking generally about Americana here and he was saying that oh you know I don't need to show you the evidence and I said no come on you can't just come on and criticise BBC make a sweeping make a statement say, without yeah. showing us one bit of evidence sure yeah you know sure come on he said alright oh, I can see I've riled you now I'm like what is this it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not about me just yeah. come on so look, if you if you show some evidence, yeah, we'll we'll argue. Okay. Then all he could come up with were, yeah, what about Michelle Obama when she wrote her book? You know, you covered that, and I'm like, well, it was the biggest selling book in the entire world yep. 
when it was released, becoming Michelle Obama. Not only that, how many times as a former first lady of the United States published a book? Mm-hmm. It's a big story. That's why we covered it. I yeah. mean, he, her husband wasn't even in power then, so it wasn't Regardless of the going, politics, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So the point I'm trying to make is there are enough people out there to diss the BBC. I don't want to be part of that. No, not at all. Not in a million years will I ever diss the BBC. Uh, so the the the... I didn't think that deeply about it, but my response shows my um, reluctance to diss the BBC Mm. as much as it shows my insistence to clarify the position and to vindicate myself, if you like. Yeah, and I think you make a really good point there, you know, when we... When, when stories like that come about and it involves a corporation, you know, you can't fight an, a title name because behind that name there are loads of people who think loads of different things and it isn't one person that you're usually battling. So, of course, you can't diss an entire corporation. You're usually talking about one or two people. But um, when you when you see the petition come out and the signatures and the politicians get involved, to me, it sparked feelings of like... Like, when I read Martin Luther King and when I read, you know, what was going on during the 60s and that wave of of activism, to be honest with you, I do think this will go down in my memory as history. This is like when the people are, are um, you know, upset United about something. Well, yeah, yeah, like I, I get really excited about that because I do, I've always believed there's strength in people and I've always believed that when people come together, amazing things can happen. So imagine if that didn't go ahead, not to say that you wouldn't get your show back, but... When I see injustice, and, and however people want to hear that word and, and take it loosely or lightly, but that to me was an injustice. There was no reason for what was going on. People were upset about and they came together. And the, the victory of that is celebrated where we get to have our Dot and Adebayo on a Sunday forever and ever and ever. So, I don't know, does that spark the same feeling for you? Does that look like activism to you? Because you're in the heart of it. But me looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I signed something and I feel like part of that victory story. So, I don't know, did it spark feelings of activism for you? Well, I didn't see it as a victory. I don't see it as a victory. <laughs> and I think that is slightly the wrong way to look at it. And in fact, I can show you how I've lost out mm. as, as, as a result of that, you know. But I'm saying that's neither here nor there because it's not about me. Yeah. But if you take it further and you think it's about all the black programs that the BBC puts out in every jurisdiction where there is a large black community, whether that be in Luton or it's in Manchester or Birmingham or uh, Nottingham or Sheffield or Liverpool, there are equivalent black programs. So if you juxtapose what was happening in London across the country or what you know, they argue it was a misunderstanding, but nevertheless, if the threat was there across the country, mm-hmm. then that's a much bigger issue. And the uh, black community needs to fight for what it feels is important. Right. If they don't feel it's important, for example, if nobody had come out to support um, or to argue that my program should continue as it was. Yeah. Um, then what can I do? I have to accept that it's not important to people and we shouldn't be um, being uh, 
active we shouldn't protest about things that we don't care about right. you know let's ki- protest about the important things um the black community arguably was cut out of the brexit conversation it's not that brexit doesn't matter to us mm-hmm. but the way the brexit has been um um argued and uh, debated apart from Gina Miller who was the person that put the Brexit debate back into parliament and has caused all sorts of trouble as a result of that which shows that it is something that concerns yeah. us but apart from that you rarely see black people involved or being given the opportunity to engage in that debate. So it wasn't surprising to me when Jon Snow looked out across um, Parliament Square on March the 29th, the day that we were supposed to leave the European Union, and said, I've never seen so many white people gathered together in the heart of London, which Mm -hmm. is, of course, a multicultural city. He had a very good point. Mm -hmm. I I also was, you know, once he said it, I was like, rah! I've never seen that many white people all together in Parliament Square hardly any black people there if there were any Mm -hmm. and he had a point do you know and it um, it matters to us but if we're cut out of the debate of it it's like if there is a black program quote unquote black program because that can mean many things but if there is a black program and black people are cut out of it so the subject matter is not necessarily black or it's not aimed at a black community well they're not going to be that bothered about it Mm -hmm. you know it's not that black issues don't matter to us there is but you've cut us out of the conversation or if you've decided to make a decision about a black program and you're not engaging with the community as well they'll be riled up because if it matters to them they'll be riled up does Mm. that make sense yeah no it does and I think it it touches nicely back to the topic of this litmus so the litmus podcast is all about throwing in questions and statements into a group Uh of people (laughs) yeah he's in trouble now you see Um, to get different reactions different opinions and so on the topic of speaking up for yourself which I think you did and a lot of people are inspired about it um, this is my litmus for today so when it comes to our careers because this litmus can span across all different topics let's just narrow it for now down to our careers when do I shut up put up and speak up wow (laughs) wow see I got good questions that's a good one that's a good one (laughs) so when it comes to our careers when do we shut up put up and speak up and the way I've I've because I don't want people to assume that getting to the point of speaking up is anyhow easy we know that isn't true we know that speaking up comes with a cost and with a price that sometimes we can't afford Um, and so I think those are the three sort of pit stops along that journey to speaking up I think there's a lot of time where I'll just shut up because maybe one I don't know what to say you know sometimes when people bowl you over with comments and you're like I thought in that moment I would know what to say and then when it happens you're like raw I've actually I'm so surprised that someone's even said that I don't even know what my clapback would be, right? So I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to shut up. But also you shut up because you know that a job might be at stake or a colleague or a family member or something precious to you is going to have to give if you do speak up. So that's one stage. The put up with it, I think the put up is double. I think, you know, sometimes you put up with things, one, for comfortability. You enter a new job and the way things are are the way things are. And you kind of have to be a bit accepting of it because... 
you're the newbie and you can't be going around changing things up so you put up with things but interestingly when I was thinking about it and thinking about the bus boycott and during civil rights you know people put up with walking to work because they didn't want to ride the buses and that was a hard slog so they were putting up with things that ultimately would lead to to the positive change they wanted to see but don't get it twisted it was still difficult during that time and then speaking up of course you speak up and then in your case I suppose people speak up and people come together to say the same thing so yeah I want to know especially as a young person at the beginning of my career how do I distinguish those three and should I never shut up should I always put up should I never speak up should I always speak up what do you what do you think about that well, you've got a great question there. If it wasn't three questions, yeah, let's assume it's one question. Great question. I've got a fantastic reply. Yeah. So when I was first informed that um, my services were no longer required for the Sunday program as it was, I'm saying, look, the BBC says it was a, a misunderstanding, so I'll accept that. But anyway, my... Resumption after a conversation was that my services would be terminated with regards to that. I um, got home and I told my wife, and my wife said, Dawson, know your worth. Mm. Know your worth. And it resonated. When you know the value of what you have to offer, can you imagine me um, being somewhat demoralized and somebody says you're worth more than that it's their loss not yours Mm -hmm. so you start off wherever you start off in your career know your worth and your worth can go up and it can go down I get that but know your worth when you know your worth you're literally not worth less yeah yeah So you shut up when the worth, your worth is not up to the worth of what either you're being asked to do. For example, you're learning. So you know that I am worth, I am worth, you're always worth something. But when you're learning, like you're learning to drive a car, well, I'm sorry, you may think you know how to drive your car, but you haven't passed your license. Yeah. You haven't passed your test. So listen to the person who's trying to show you a way to pass your test. So you've got to shut up. Mm-hmm. You've got to shut up. It doesn't mean you need to put up because you should never put up with something that you're not happy with. But like you said, the analogy of the civil rights movement, you will put up with something to get to your goals, but you don't put up with whatever. You know, you don't put up with getting your head beaten with billy clubs, as they call it in the United States during the civil rights movement, or being attacked by Alsatian dogs, for example. You don't put up up with that you put up with walking to work because you don't want to embolden and enrich the people who are saying that you are worth less on this bus Mm -hmm. so you put up with it to stop them to impoverish them and what happened in uh, Birmingham Alabama was that 
um, the boy, the bus boycott that started by Rosa Parks. And what happened there was that the bus company found that they could not survive survive without the money. economy. And it happened here in the UK as well. There's a man called Paul Stevenson who's now in his 80s. He's not in the best of health anymore, but people should pay homage to him. Of course. If not, pay, um, go on a, you know, literal pilgrimage to his door because Paul Stevenson is the British Rosa Park mm-hmm. he started a bus boycott of the bus company in uh, in Bristol in the early 1960s because they were being racist there in terms of employment and otherwise and again it succeeded so he knew his worth and the worth of other people mm-hmm. and it's a human issue you know this is a human rights issue here um, and is it's an existential issue. I grant that, but existentialism is a humanism. Uh, so you know your worth first of all. You know your worth to be able to shut up, to be able to put up if you have to, but don't put up with anything. Stand up. Bob Marley told us, yeah. get up and stand up for your rights. Mm-hmm. So that's when you stand up, when you, you, your rights are not being um, given to you, then you stand up. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so say, for example, someone young in the game, because um, I put this out on socials and loads of people just messaged, and, and I think a good point someone made was, um, I don't feel old enough to speak up because the people I work with are older than me and I feel lost as a young person um, trying to be heard over over the voices of people who are who have been in the game longer than I have and look at me like what do what do you know like what what, what have you got to say about this and this the way things here are in this company in the culture is so long in the tooth that you know you're just gonna have to ride it out until you get to where I am but what would you say to that young person because is there an age thing when we talk about speaking up? Is I don't think there is, personally, but I do get the sense of, even me, like working with people who are older than me, you feel like, okay, I need to respect you, but how can I respect something that is wrong? 
and therefore how can I then be silent because what I think is is the right thing but I'm outnumbered here especially when I'm outnumbered by folk who are older than me as well so yeah I can know my worth but when it challenges people who are older how does that work well the the uh, most powerful advocate for climate change in the world at the moment is a 16-year-old Swedish girl called Greta Thunberg. Mm -hmm. Remember that. She's the most powerful advocate of climate change in the entire planet today. So I dare anybody say to her, she's not old enough, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm. Oh no, she's read up, she knows, she's clued in as to what needs to be done in this planet. Some of it is actually so basic that you wonder how foolish older people much wiser people might be it doesn't make sense um having said that i wish my uh daughters would ever listen to an older wiser voice in the house you know the one that um well was partly responsible for bringing them into life etc but um isn't it funny that we wouldn't take that from our parents nowadays Mm -hmm. but we take it in the workplace any workplace that doesn't listen to the vibrant uh, voice of youth is shooting itself in the foot the reason you're there The reason you're there is to provide the energy of youth. Mm. It's not to keep quiet. Which company would turn around and say, you keep quiet, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. No, there might be there might be issues that hang on. Yeah, good idea, but mm, we can't really work that way. But it shouldn't stop you from talking. If you're talking, if you're not talking or if you're being told to keep quiet or not being encouraged to speak up to help the company then the company doesn't value you they don't know your worth and either you've got to say to them you're crazy I'm trying to help you out here I'm Mm -hmm. trying to show every company you work for the bottom line is make us some money yeah yeah if you go to the company and say look you're making 100 million quid a year now but I can increase that to 120 million quid which company is going to tell you to shut up up. you know your place Mm. this ain't the Victorian days you know it doesn't work like that anymore yeah and in fact there's more you you always laugh that I can't don't know how to switch off my mobile phone (laughs) um, I don't you said that (laughs) you said it just before we started this podcast because it took an hour to close his phone well it doesn't matter but the point is I know I know why you're here now I know your worth (laughs) don't get me wrong but what if you know your worth and you're still like I'm shook to lose my job because yeah. some people are in that situation yeah, yeah. and some people are thinking okay if I say anything then I could just get cut because there's a queue of people waiting to jump into my spot and so I think I think it's courageous to speak up but yeah what do you why, say to the person who's like oh I can't, I've got bills to pay why, why would somebody sack you first of all for trying to do something positive if you told me look something ain't right about my company whether it's painful whether it's me yeah. I could be the person that's not right in the way that I treat you don't want to hear that though well actually sometimes I need to hear it whether I want to hear it or not we need to treat each other as fellow human beings in the workplace agreed but the most important thing remember when my wife said to me know your worth mm. we've still got a mortgage to pay mm-hmm. and now if my worth is so much so that I'm prepared to speak up um, against my employers 
if that's the case, I'm risking all of that. Mm. But you know what? I'll tell you the funny thing about business, the workplace. When you know your worth, you know it's their loss. So you go into the workplace without fear. If they know, okay. Sorry. That's okay. If, if they know, if they know that they can dangle a carrot in front of you, which is your job yep. and your money, the power is always with them. Mm-hmm. If they can't dangle that, if you say, look, like, I've been in a situation, and I'll tell you this for true, you can work out in which company I was working for or otherwise. Yeah, we'll play yeah, this game. Work, work that one out for yourself. Where somebody has said to me, look, here's the situation. I'll tell you what, if you agree to this situation, you accept this situation, I will offer you this extra work and better work. Mm -hmm. And I said, no. I said, if that's the situation, you better find somebody else because I ain't playing that. So I lost out, but then that person now knows oh, you you can't get him like that. You can't dangle money in front of him because it's not that he doesn't need money, but he's not motivated by it. Right. Yeah, Yeah, if if you see what I mean. Once you take out the power, all business, all social engagement is about, is a power play. Mm. You know, whether you're going to the clinic to get a checkup or not, somebody has the power in that relationship. Yeah. And they can use it for better or worse. But once you're able to take out their value from them, their power, and then what harm can they do you? Yeah, it's really funny you say that, you know. I I got asked to do an event, host an event, and the top line of this event was diversity and inclusion. So I said, yeah, of course, would love to do it. Um, Great cause, great conversation. Yeah, no problem. I said, oh, what's the hosting fee? And this is another thing, right? People often will ask you to do a job. They'll send you the email in all confidence and not put what the the fee is. So either you think I'm going to do it for free or diversity and inclusion can't be that top of the agenda if there's no money behind it. So I said, you know, what's the fee for it? Politely. And they said, oh, there's no fee. So I said, oh, well, I'm sorry, but I won't be able to do it. And it was sad because that was an event I really wanted to do and it's got a great cause behind it. But I thought, hold on a minute, me doing that only um, upholds your idea that we don't need to pay into this agenda because people will do it for free. And then someone else is like, oh, Swaz, you should have just done it because it's a foot in the door. And I'm like, but how many feet do we need in the door Mm. before we start getting paid? And the joke was when I pushed them, they then had miracle money out of nowhere to pay me for the event but when I spoke to the other people the photographer the um, the, the runners the, they said oh you know what I wish I was getting paid for this and I didn't realise that the content that this event was creating was done for free and it made me so sad to look at people who you know from the black community in particular where a lot the, the shift was a lot of people on the panel were not from people from backgrounds where you'd think diversity and inclusion you need to have their say first but it really made me sad that this event is going to come away looking fabulous and the people running it and putting it all together weren't going home with money in their pockets and when that person said oh just do it for free 
it really eggs me sometimes because and and when you say that as well you then look like oh you think you're the big shot now you don't have to work for free anymore and so constantly this is a conversation within my whatsapp group of oh when do you do things for free and when do you do other jobs not for free to prove the point and if proving the point means walking away like you did that's 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 how the cookie crumbles and and it's a hard one to call so yeah what do you think about that well, uh, by the way, how much are you pay me for this podcast? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, right. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Paying you in GCSEs, hold don't on, worry, man. Hold on, <laughs> It is, no, of course, I'll come in to be a guest on your podcast anytime. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to get paid. Uh, you're not making money from it. And apart from anything else, the it's about respect. Mm-hmm. I respect you and you respect me. So I'll respect you enough to um, offer my services to you. You respect me enough to say to me, well, look, there's no money in it. Okay, that that letter that you got asking you to host it, they should have been straight up from the very beginning and say, look, let me start off by saying, we don't have any money. Mm. We don't have any money. We'd love you to host this thing. So at least you're put in the position you know where, where it's you are. straight. Yeah. It's straight from the very beginning. And you can always ask, okay, you don't have any money. Are you getting paid for mm. it? Are you getting paid? Because it's not about, I'm happy to do things for for, for, for nothing. If there's no money, there's no money. I accept that. And it's not about whether you have your job anyway, and this is just an additional thing, so you'll be getting your salary anyway. But if you've got a specific project, if you've gone and got funding for a project, or you've got sponsorship for a project, and it's a thousand pounds, well, why didn't you make provision to make it 1,050 pounds so that you could respect those people Mm -hmm. who you're asking to do something for nothing? Mm -hmm. It's about respecting each other as fellow human beings now. We all have bills to pay we all have bills to pay it's not that we can't do things for free yeah do things for free but make sure that you're not getting paid either say to them even I'm not getting paid for this I'm doing it for free because I believe in it and I I, I think you believe in this kind of thing as well well let's work together and make it happen exactly let's do it and I think even the step further would be oh you're getting paid are you willing to get paid £50 less so that you can pay the people no (laughs) because I think that's that's dark man I love that I love that when I do events and I'm getting paid and I think oh I need someone to come alongside Oh, that's that's not even a question because the return isn't the money the return is the content the return yeah, is yeah. the respect of that individual of to say oh the next time I have something going on of course I'm going to come and come through with you but if, yeah if no one's getting but paid then no one's getting paid but if someone isn't it, is isn't it funny that we're talking about we're literally talking about 50 quid which ain't nothing yeah exactly which ain't nothing yeah. but it shows respect yeah exactly if they said 30 quid I thought well at least you're showing some respect mm-hmm. that you know I might have a babysitter to pay or whatever yeah. it is or I might have some transport costs to get to mm-hmm. whatever it can be but I'm going to I didn't realise I could learn anything from a younger like yourself <laughs> so I was, honestly Save genuine, it for five live no, that would be the next one well I, I promise you if anybody ever asked me to do anything for free I'm going to say can I have 50 quid of your fee and that'll make it easy oh, I'm not wow. saying it'll make it easy but I'm saying I usually the big guns are getting big money but and 
you know, what's 50 quid to a big gun? How, how can it be that I've learned something from a younger like Two yourself? Two things today? you've learned now. What, what, what else have I learned? What, you just learned the, that the question was a good question that I threw at you? No, I didn't learn that. I was just <laughs> acknowledging it was a half-decent question. Half-decent. But what, the only thing I've learned from you, forgive me, okay. is that if somebody asks me to do something for nothing, I'll ask them for 50 quid of their food. Well, you've that got you got to speak up. you got to well, speak what, up for what that. What was the point of asking me to come in here when you're going to school me? <laughs> no, I'm I not thought, schooling you. No, you are. Actually, that is the only littlest. a tiny little bit, just a little bit. You're gonna take it home. Bit. Yeah, of course, I'm taking it. I'm gonna take it with me everywhere I go. Are you kidding? <laughs> I say that to my missus next time. Okay, no. okay, I'm gonna She's give got you much more wisdom than me. I'm, know I'm, your worth. I'm, was I'm, a big I'm gonna give you love, but you have to give me a little bit of the love that you got, and then I'll be happy to give you some love. <laughs> I don't know if you're schooling me up right now I don't even know if you're a I'm schooling you <laughs> you schooled Who me knows? it's all love girl it's all love man okay um, I need to wrap this up I could be okay. talking to you forever uh, um, but that is the litmus and I, I wonder okay let's take those three parts again so when do I shut up put up and speak up for a younger audience listening trying to make their way into whatever industry creative uh, non-creative however you want to look at it um for yourself, looking back at your younger self, mm. what advice would you give a good question. for a younger Dotton? Yeah. Because I'm sure this incident with the BBC that happened recently isn't the first, and it may not be the last. Especially, you know, this isn't just about racism, because mm. there will be so many different issues that will crop up, and issues that uh, people will face that I won't face, and, and vice versa. But in the scale of career because everyone wants to have a career everyone wants to have a popping career as well mm-hmm. so what advice would you give to your younger self to wrap up this episode when it comes to knowing when to shut up put up and speak up I'll be real um, and this is not you're absolutely right to say it's not just about racism it's also very much about sexism I wish I could give this advice to my younger daughters uh, well rather I wish they would listen to this advice from me <laughs> I'd definitely give them to it and also about a lot of other people who aren't necessarily confident in life when you start off in the workplace you don't have the confidence that you have because you're stepping out of your comfort zone you know, you're moving into an environment that you're not familiar with and you don't necessarily know the ways to get around that and that's why often enough you put up with stuff and you shut up and you take it my advice to my younger self would have been you should save up every single penny that you can in your life and even more than that and work two or three jobs so that your main gig you don't have to depend on it Mm. so when you save up every single penny and you've got your own little crib somewhere You know, it takes out 90% of why you have to work to maintain a roof over your head. Takes that out. And if you take that out and you're not as dependent upon a salary being fed to you every day, then you can stand up and you can also, you know... um, you can put up if you want but you can certainly stand up for yourself a lot more and you can take the risk of thinking I know my worth if you don't appreciate it I'll go somewhere else because you're not always chasing your tail you're not always trying to sort of just make ends meet and pay your bills if you can take that part of the equation out um, then you're you're nearly there the other thing I would say is um well, like I said, know your worth, know your worth. All those two things go together, know your worth, but your worth is much greater when you don't have to chase the money. Yeah. 
don't chase the money chase chase what you know is your goal your plan your vision what you are who you are mm. yeah and i think in your case as well and don't really waste time don't waste yeah, time on. don't waste time how do people waste time we waste time by um primarily by not fixing our eyes on the prize so if my goal is to be the best radio broadcaster in the world what am i doing watching television it might inform me it can but you got a question shouldn't you be spending time listening to the radio all the time mm. because that's the game you're in yeah and i think as well to your younger self um how amazing would it be to know that growing up and getting to the position where you're in, you would have the respect, the love, the support of so many people who would back you and speak on your behalf. And I think that goes towards the conversation of what you chase. So if you are knowing your worth and you're confident in who you are, um, then when a mistake like that happens or a misunderstanding like that happens, it's very clear from the outside looking in, well, hold on a minute, You're, this person's good at their job. Why are they not in that position? Who's made that call? There's something funky about all of this going on. And I think that's to do with integrity. I think that's to do with, you know, paying attention to your craft, not watching telly if you could be doing something else that is more beneficial to your to your role. Um, but yeah, I just I find it fascinating, isn't it? That when you are good at what you do and you put the hours in, jobs just seem to come your way because people recognise... That's what you're good at. There's somebody who will always recognise that. You know, just very quickly, I just remembered. Okay, I told you earlier that I started at the BBC at the age of 12. I took the 171 bus from Tottenham to um, Bush House, which is in the Aldwych. That was where the World Service was in those days. I had a contact from my father who used to do freelance work for them. And I went there and I said, look, I'd really like to be involved in that. So to that younger self who... Uh, was trying to be a broadcaster very young fair enough but at a time when um england didn't necessarily or britain didn't necessarily want me or a black person to speak for it mm -hmm. i would say and not just in racial terms in terms of uh, gender politics in terms of sexual politics in terms of disability politics i would say to my younger self the world ain't always going to be like this. Mm. Yeah, it ain't always going to be like this. Get yourself prepared for when it changes. Yeah. Get yourself ready. Yeah. Oh. Well. I don't know if that makes me happy or sad. No, it's something to, it's a positive. I hope we're going to end this podcast on a positive yeah, note. Yeah, no, we are, don't, we are. Don't, don't drag me down to, yeah. you know, wherever you want to go down. No, I think that's so true that, yeah, the way that the world is set up now or radio that's set up now or TV or whatever industry I'm going to go into, it's true. It won't be the same and as robust as I need to be now. Like, for example, you do the show 20 more years, it isn't going to be the same climate that it is in now. So all the things that you learn, it's like, 
oh wow I'm going to have to look back and draw the, on that sort of experience the good news is that in 20 more years you'll be grown up <laughs> yeah so will you and I you won't will, be any funnier though. I will th- <laughs> I'm sure I will and I'll be able to hand over the baton to you yeah yeah, yeah. okay promise me that you'll be in the, in in the game 20 for 20 more, more years. years well you promise me that you'll be prepared to take my low salary and, <laughs> and 50 pounds out of it yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dot and Adebayo, this has oh. been a fascinating conversation. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your wisdom, although it's really your wife's wisdom. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just because I think conversations like this, one, I'm passionate about them, but I need to listen back on a day that I get bad news or I get, you know, news of something where it rattles me and I need to hear this again and think, oh, yeah, 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 Don said know your worths was and it will happen for all of us there's a day coming when all of us of will course, have a bad day at course. work if if this podcast achieves um its goal then even one person mm-hmm. will have more confidence when they're in the workplace you know I, I generally hope i mean imagine me imagine little old me little old 12 year old me from tottenham thinking that um wow there'll be one person in the world who will achieve their dream maybe because of what they've heard on this podcast. That's amazing, isn't yeah, it? Isn't yeah. that amazing? Well, you've done it already with me, just by you tweeting back that response. <laughs> no, seriously, because when I looked at it, I thought, you know what? That is guts. That is courage. That is bravery. And whether or not you felt that or not, that is how I received that. And so when, funnily enough, recent situations happened, I remember that thinking, he knew his worth. And that is so infectious to then now think, yeah, I need to know my worth and I can't stand for things that are that are not right. Um, and that spans into workplace, home, wherever it may be. Um, and that is just me, Don. So think about all those people that you've got following you on the old Twitter there. But yeah, loads of people who are watching, who are listening, um, who are cheering you on. And I'm so glad that the people, the petition was so successful because we need you on the radio and we need another 20 more years. So thank you so much for coming on the Litmus podcast, second time round to yeah, grace yeah, us. Yeah. So you know he's a, he's a regular swiles. now we need swiles on the radio as well don't forget that as well yeah <laughs> I'm on the radio the same time as Dot and that is legendary she got um, an A in English yeah he didn't even go D. to Cambridge so it's fine don't worry <laughs> about it she didn't even go to don't worry about it sweetheart <laughs> it's a splair <laughs> yeah let's wrap it up while he's laughing because then he won't cut me off um, there you go the Litmus Podcast make sure you like subscribe do all that good stuff um, and we'll be giving you this episode very very soon thanks bye <laughs>
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.